know, th- this really sucks. What did you do? It It's not working. The Wayback Machine's just not working. I told you you should have got Mr. Peabody and Sherman to get you the fucking instructions. They, he didn't want to give it to me. He said I could figure it out myself. Did he know who he was talking to? Yes, that's why he said I could figure it out myself. Obviously, you can't. Look, it's not my fault. This, Who's at the controls? This damn thing's who glitching. Who is sitting at the controls? This thing's glitching. Who is sitting at the controls? Me or you? You. Bullshit. I have a microphone in my hand, motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, now, listen. When, look, not, look, not, look, okay, look, look, look. To steal a line from Back to the Future, not where in the hell are we, when in the hell are we? <sighs> According to the readings, we're in the 90s. Okay, there were decades to be in the 90s. Not many. Not many. Would you rather be in the 30s? Yeah, you're right. Bob. Okay, then. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you are hearing us because we are kind of trapped in the fucking 90s for right now. I told you we should have stayed in the 80s. Yeah, I know, but you know, we had to go back. We're trying to we're trying to go home. I don't want to go home. I want to stay in the 80s. I think 80s we, is my home. Trust me, we all want to, but this is ridiculous. So we are now clearly stuck like in the 90s. So I am the Blue Dragoon himself, Daniel the Dragon. Welcome to the Dragoon's Lair podcast, where we are currently trapped in the 90s. I am joined with me, as per usual, my co-host, King Hamster Pellet himself, who is not too happy with me right now. No, I will be King Hamster Pellet, because that hasn't been established yet, because we're in the fucking 90s. Oh, who gives a shit? I it's, But we're, we're talking to our audience in the future. How does that work? How does that work? There's when no will internet in the nineties? When will then be now? So there, <laughs> there, there is internet in the nineties. Unfortunately, it's, it's going to take forever to upload this shit. So by the time we get back, this, <laughs> this will show, show be, it'll just be rendering. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god! You know, eventually someone will have found this on Napster. <laughs> wow! Not not. Uh... <laughs> Not Kazaa. No, no, no. We're, we're not trying to get uh, people viruses and uh, STDs from the internet. I've downloaded so many fucking viruses from this. <laughs> I think we all did. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, the Blue Dragoon himself, our, our email address will be active. You think will be. <laughs> then will be, then once was there. I don't like all these terms and... Email us at dragoonslayerpodcast at gmail.com. That's dragoonslayerpodcast, all one word, dragoon is spelled with two O's. That's dragoonslayerpodcast at gmail.com. So let us know what the hell we should do to get out of the 80s, but also... We're in the 90s. We left the 80s. We're in the 90s. I know. I don't, I don't want to think about the 90s, though. I hated the 90s. You were the one who has the controls, so you're the one who screwed it up, so listen, I don't need shit. Listen, the damn thing got stuck, all right? L- listen, <sighs> so... Since we're stuck in the 90s, tell us about your 90s memories. Tell us about shows, movies that you loved. Tell us the thing that you miss most about the 90s, because I really don't miss the 90s. But um, there's plenty of people out there who do. Although, there, you know, there, was a, there were some good things in the 90s, I guess. You know, this was decent TV. This was the decade of Beavis and Butthead. We had the, the the original Flash came out in the nineties. Yeah, that, that's how we started off. Yep. But you know, um, 
the decade kind of went up and down and um, it, it, it had its peaks and definitely had its valleys so i think we could talk about some forgotten gems of this era yes because there were some things that were completely forgotten you know uh well Let's just round the few things off because this was the time where, you know, yes, Beavis and Budhead, but MTV had a lot of dark, like they were experimenting with animation. When Avon Flux. A- Aeon Flux. There was Liquid Television. Liquid Television. Where we got all, that's where Aeon Flux was first introduced. Yep. We, there was the Max, the Head. You know, MTV was very experimental and they still showed music videos back then. I know, right? You know, uh, may, you know, maybe we can catch some actual decent music videos. I always wanted to be a music video actor. <laughs> so you didn't have to speak? Exactly. Oh, okay. I don't remember any lines. Yeah. But, you know, you know, hey, listen, one of my favorite music videos to come out in the 90s was Black Hole Sun that by Soundgarden. Yes. That one was amazing. Just everyone with that creepy Joker smile. <laughs> so, yeah. So the, the, the 90s were an interesting time. You know, I don't remember them as fondly as the 80s, but... uh, In the 90s, we had all of our 80s kids, you know, we were growing up a little bit. And, you know, we wanted to stay as goofy as we were in the 80s, but we also wanted to experience other stuff. And we kind of didn't want to... Let's face it, in the 80s, we were all in elementary school. By the time I got to junior high, we had to be like, oh, I'm cool. I can't say I watch cartoons anymore. I got to do that shit in the, on a DL. I didn't give a shit. I was watching Power Rangers from day one, so mm. I just didn't care. I embraced that geek card. When, when did proudly. Power Rangers come out? 93. Yeah, I was in, I think my freshman year of high school, 92, mm. 93. Yeah, I was finishing junior high school and then going into high school, and I was still watching Power Rangers because it was still going on at that point. Oh, I still, it, I still watch my Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, who didn't? You know, everybody who, everybody who didn't was lying back then. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, there were some terrible cartoons back then, you know, but we had some good stuff. It was a renaissance back then. It was the introduction to a lot of anime that came out. So, I mean, the nineties didn't completely suck. No, it didn't. It had some very good hidden gems. Yeah. So like, what's a hidden gem television wise that you remember that you can we can share these experiences while we're stuck here trying to get this equipment to work again come on can you handle this while i start trying to fix this gonna start hitting the fucking wayback machine we're gonna end up in fucking prehistoric era listen 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 i i I can get this thing to work it's just gonna take a little finesse finesse hit it with a hammer listen r2's trying to fix it okay shut the fuck up anyway one of the hidden gems that I kind of watched came out in 1994 on the USA Network. Okay. Duck Man. Oh, I love Duck Man. Duck Man. It it but it was about a bunch private of detective. private detective, but anamorphic ducks. Oh, they the were. Cast, it was disturbing. It was disturbing. The cast was Jason, Jason Alexander. Alexander as Duck Man. Yep. We had Nancy Travis as Bernice. Greg Berger as Confer- Con- Confed Pig, E.G. Bailey at- Daily as Mambo, um, ah, hit the wrong button. <laughs> uh, and basically, oh, we had Dweezil Zappa as Ajax. Yeah. And rounding up the cast of people you would know, Mr. Tim Curry as George Herbert. Yeah. 
I just remember stumbling upon this at like 11 o'clock at night on the USA network, which at the time was channel 15. And like, it was like one of those things I couldn't turn around. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? We have a duck with two heads. What yeah, the oh, yeah. hell am I watching? Oh and yeah. And like, cause again, we were still coming out of the nineties where cartoons were all wholesome and <laughs> the berry juice. And it uh, wasn't, like in your face oh, it, but there, there was a lot of innuendo back a lot then of innuendo, but, but now, you were too little to really understand it but now it's like what the fuck am i watching you know <laughs> it, it had one duck with like tits out the ear <laughs> and he kept trying to moat i'm like what the hell am i i'm like i shouldn't be watching this but i am gonna watch this <laughs> yeah uh, and it was like what so yeah, Duckman, it ran for two years, 94 to 96. Yeah. And it, it was just like, well, you, you watched it, and you're like, what the f-? I felt high. I felt <laughs> like I was drunk. I'm like, what the hell did I just watch? Oh, uh, yeah. I can't tell you what it was about, because each one was more stupider than the next. Well, the, there was no, no major no, overarching no, story. No, it was all. episodic. I mean, l- listen, it, Duckman was as perverted as it got. Oh, yeah. Corn-fed pig. His detective sidekick, who was actually a real detective, mm-hmm. like Cornfed was great, very monotone. I didn't realize though it was E.G. Daly was Ajax. E.G. Daly was Ajax. Uh, E.G. Daly's like phenomenal voice actress, mm-hmm. and I mean she was Tommy Pickles. So it's like she's been all over the place. Yeah, she was in Pee Wee's Playhouse. You the know, very who first Pee Wee movie, I believe. You know, you know who else. Got their start in Pee Wee's Playhouse. Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne played. Yeah. Cowboy Curtis. That, <laughs> then he was going by the name of Larry Fishburne. Yeah. yeah. Even in the movie Red Red Dawn, I believe it was, or Red Heat, with uh, James Blushy and Arnold, mm. he was in it and he was credited as Yeah, that was Larry, Red Heat. Red Heat. He was credited as Larry Fishburne. <laughs> yeah. Duckman. But before he got serious. But yeah. But yeah, Duckman was something to behold and jason alexander was still doing seinfeld if i'm not mistaken at the same time so this was like a second thing on television for him and usa was known for sewing some crazy shit at night yeah oh forget about it Uh, what was it they had didn't wasn't that the same era of usa up all night with gilbert godfrey because it was gilbert godfrey and Rhonda shear they both hosted at different times Mm -hmm. and it was some of the most yeah, it was weird. Movies that were so weird but had to be censored mm-hmm. because of how, like, oh, God. Basically, they showed a lot of trauma shit. <laughs> oh, there was trauma shit, but they also showed a bunch of stuff that you were like, uh, what? How is this being aired? Yeah. I think yeah. it was like Skinamax without the, without the with skin. The skin. <laughs> Which is funny how, like, you know, after like 11 o'clock, Cinemax became Skinamax. It was just softcore porn. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> It was worth it, it back then. It. It, you know, some of some of the you movies. Nap, that, you come home nap in the afternoon. Oh yeah, I uh, Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was it was kind of crazy, but you know, I mean, Duck Man. Wow, that, that really is a deep cut. Yeah, that's a deep cut. Yeah, I don't think I don't know how many people would actually remember Duck Man. I bet the cast doesn't even remember they were. You walk up at Jason Alexander, hey, Duck Man. The fuck? I think he would. Be- because you know what he'd he'd be happy somebody remembers something other than Costanza. Yeah. <laughs> Duckman. Yeah. Duckman. 
And what was it? They had the two teddy bears that were the assistants mm-hmm. at the at the duck uh, duckman's yep. private investigate that he killed them constantly, mm-hmm. tore the, them to pieces. They were the original teddy. Oh, uh, Kenny. Oh yeah, they were. They they got shredded like repeatedly. Oh, didn't actually didn't South Park come out in the nineties? Let's find out. I, I believe, believe it did. Yeah, I believe it did. I mean, what is it? It's been over twenty years. Yeah, I think they're on like season 26 or something for south park south park debut season one episode one cartman gets an anal gets an anal probe yep august 13th my parents anniversary 1997 ah see so pretty much right after duckman uh yeah, because Duckman ran, no yeah Duckman ran for two years ended in ninety four, uh ended in ninety six and this came out ninety seven kind of yeah. yeah picked up the slack and everyone what the fuck <laughs> yeah so that's not, uh that's that's pretty cool though yeah. you know I remember one of show that is completely forgotten about mm. and I'm sure you don't even remember this one She Wolf of London also known as Love and Curses. I would have to agree with you. I do not remember that. Now, that one was, to me, the epitome of the 90s. Because it they filmed it in England. So they did go to England to film this. So they basically went and they had an American-like student going over to study in England. And she's studying mythology. And she wants to... And she, she goes off to the Moors. Her college professor has got, like... His family owns like a bed and breakfast, so she's going to be staying there. She goes off to the moors, and they all warn her, don't go out to the moors. Crazy things happen out on the moors. And she goes out there. She gets attacked. Stupid American. Yep. Gets attacked and basically becomes a werewolf. Okay. So she starts off at, and there were little jokes because her name was Randy. And in Europe, you know, Randy means something different. It means horny. So, yeah. So, like, people were making jokes about the name while they were filming there. And it was like they they did Monster of the Week kind of stuff, all while trying to find a cure for her. The, t- the Her professor is locking her up in the basement, uh, like, chaining her down and stuff. It, so there was a little bondage element in there. It, they, they start falling for each other as the show progresses. And kind of have that Willow and... um. Seth Green element going. No, this was this would have been more like um, Giles and Oz. <laughs> Oz, that's his name. Oz. Yes, but um, yeah, it was basic, but it really was like the Watcher, and it's like, but he like the the professor goes, he's like going through, he has to like write a book and stuff. He's like trying to come up with things to keep his job, and eventually the show kind of switches gears. And they come to the U.S., so they move here. He gets a talk show, and they're like, "Here's a question: She's a werewolf. Does she have to be put in like one of those doggy crates?" <laughs> no, but they're, they're they actually do have a scene where they drug her uh, to get her back to the states at one point. Because there's an episode where they believe the professor died because he did die, but she go she didn't want to leave England and. Her ex-boyfriend didn't realize, doesn't know she's a werewolf, so he 
they drug her, get her on the plane, and when the plane lands, there happens to be a full moon. So she wolfs out, like breaks out of the plane and stuff and runs off. It she makes she does get back over to England, but it's a uh, and they are able to magically revive the professor from the undead because there was an artifact that it it there was a lot of occult stuff. They've had they had some pretty interesting episodes. They had an entire episode where there was an a, a bookstore that the book owner used like this mythical text to like use a spell that he made the books start to cause people to come the characters to come to life so it was like they he's cursing the books and he sent it to like a publisher and the guy gets harpooned like because it was one one of the books was moby dick so he's captain ahab and he ends up getting like harpooned and everything it was it was all over the place but it was so so 90s and it's like when by the time the show kind of wraps up they're in la Try, still trying to find a cure for her, but the two of them are like her and the professor start kind of having a relationship because he's no longer a professor. He's the host of like one of those weird nighttime talk shows. Because that's what you do. You leave academia and you go host the Jerry Springer show. Well, this was before Jerry Springer, but he was talking to like mythical stuff. Like they, it was, it was weird, but it was like, they were trying to come across as like, we're looking for a cure to save her. So him and her could be together. I wanted to do a doggy style. Oh, <laughs> uh, you just took it there, didn't you? Actually, I keep it there, but uh, what are you going to do? Oh, God. Can't believe we're on episode 26 of the show. Um- <laughs> For our, our 37th episode, we would have to do a Kevin Smith episode. All right. I'm more than willing to do just a. Just throwing uh, it out there. Yeah. Well, we'll keep that in mind. Write it in your notepad because, um, yeah, the, the 90s ain't helping us so much at this point. Although we did have some good movies. Okay. Clerks. Yeah. Came out. What, so uh, what's a for, another forgotten gem from you? Well, I'm going to go back to my world of cartoons and I'm going to have to go to the Pirates of Dark Water. Ah, uh, yeah. Channel 5. Really? Yep. I thought it was ABC. Nope, Channel 5. I remember it on Saturday mornings on ABC. It started its life on Channel 5. Mm-hmm. And getting it, so did Animaniacs. Yeah. Then it went to Channel 11. Yeah, but, but that was that was more of a Fox and a Warner Brothers deal. But mm-hmm. no, it yeah, Pirates of Dark Water was great. great. Only only problem that I had with it that, didn't end. Right. It, well, they they kind of yeah because the whole thing was uh Planet Hyrule not Hyrule that's Zelda um mm-hmm. Mer Mer thank you Planet Mer was being overtaken by this evil Dark Water released by a dark entity and um you had to find 13 malic ta- magic talismans that will repel the dark water which is funny because it was a complete and total allegory for like spilling chemicals into the water yeah so my big thing was like okay great you can only have 13 episodes nope but they, they ran for like Two or three seasons? No, I don't. I don't think it did that many seasons. No, it ran for at least two because they found at least half of them. Yeah, they got half, and then once they did half, it, <laughs> they were done. <laughs> That's fine, but it was it was a cool because there were pirates on another planet. You yeah, had a, you had a monkey bird named Niddler. 
Yeah, the monkey bird. You had uh, a real badass Han Solo-ish pirate, um, Iago, I think his name was. Mm. Um, yeah, we're 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 running dial-up, folks. So we're yeah. trying to like actually get through. So if somebody picks up the phone right now, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Also, you know, just can't do two things at once. Yeah. Oh, multitasking, huh? Shut up. This is what happens when we're buffering. Trying to get a signal on a cell phone service that doesn't even exist yet. Exactly. That's why I said we're on dial-up. I blame you. It's all your fault. Who's? Oh wow. Okay, it only ran for one season. Yeah. Wow, I thought it did. I thought it did more. You know what it was? I think because they hit syndication. Yeah. Okay, and here we go. We had Hector Alessandro. Alexandre. Hector Alessandro. Thank you. As Ayaz. That's the Han Soloish pirate. Yes. Tim Curry, again, any show with Tim Curry is aces in my book, as Knock. Frank Welker, Welker as Lug Brother number two. <laughs> Brock Peters as Baloth. Oh, yeah, the, the pirate, the pirate. Baloth. Uh, Jody Benson as Tula. Uh, Jody Benson, we the had, Little Mermaid. Yep. We had Mr. Peter Cullen as Mantis. Um... George Newburn as Wren. Our and, hero. Our hero. And running out the name that you would know. Mr. Jim Cummins as Jargis. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. And we had, oh, this was a new one. Rowdy McDowell as Nidler, the monkey bird. Oh, geez. And Mrs. Kate Mulgrew, captain of Voyager. As Sesra. Sesra. So that, so that was her first uh, voice acting role in a cartoon. I'm going to assume because she didn't do. Didn't she do like the Red Paw or whatever in like the first episode of Batman? Maybe, but I know she was in Gargoyles. Everybody in Star Trek was in Gargoyles. Well, no, but this was before she ever became Captain Mulgrew. Uh, Kate Mulgrew as a captain, because let's face it. It, Voyager didn't happen yet. No, we still got a couple of years before Voyager. Yeah, but then again, Jerry Ryan was in The Flash. I still have to go back and watch that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, but um, yeah, because she played Titania, Queen of the Fairies. She did Batman the Animated Series, three episodes. Uh, she was the Red Claw. Oh, uh, that was the uh, Batman and Catwoman episode. Yeah, it was the first ones. Yeah, no, well, remember there was the. There was that multi-parter, I think. Yeah, I think it was the first three episodes. No, first episode to air was the one with the Joker, like, escaping Arkham. Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. I thought that was the Christmas episode. That was, like, the first episode. Yeah, well. Yeah, uh, she was Red Claw. Yep. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, so Pirates of the Dark Order, very underrated yeah, well, unfor- underrated show. unfortunately, it was it's more underrated, I think, because it didn't get an ending. Yeah. And it definitely deserved it, it, it one. It deserved it. It was, again, a very underrated show. A lot of action with undertones of, like, hey, don't pollute our ocean because you will get eaten up by the stock. Yeah, the 90s really was a big time for, like, environmentalism and activism, even though it's, like, technically the... They passed off all of the problems, blaming it on us mm. 
to recycle rather than big corporations who are the ones actually causing the problems. <laughs> yeah. Which they're still to, doing to this very day. Mm-hmm. But I mean, let's face it. Um, what was it? There, didn't they do an entire season of like GI Joe where it would like, they came out with the toys in the nineties where it was like, if you, you sprayed them with water and it was like for, there was like, there was the pollutants and, toxic chemicals it's the hell out of me i think that was after about. it that was after the um gi joe the movie when they came, when they brought it back when they brought gi joe back after they did um operation Dragonfire, which was the multi-parter where cobra commander gets turned back into a man and serpentor gets turned into like an iguana i don't, I don't remember that oh. i remember the toy where he has like a, the new face mask kind of yeah. like darth vader but silver well there was no they they changed the mask where it was kind of like neon like orange so you could kind of see a bit of like the reptilian face underneath i just remember i remember the classic one with the silver face yeah. plate remember the hood yeah they then- they had to update it because after the after the movie cobra sold all of his old costumes mm-hmm. <laughs> do you remember when cobra commander popped up on transformers Oh yeah, but then again, you same voice actor as Starscream, so it didn't really. Make- no, that was like the closest thing we ever got to a GI Joe Transformers crossover. No, nah, yeah. I don't actually remember. I know they did it in the comics. No, in well, in the comics, yes, but in the in the cartoon, it was in season three of Transformers. It was an episode called Old Snake, where um, these these humans captured Rodimus, Ultra Magnus, Springer, and RC. See, I'm not going to remember that because of the fact that, and when it fought anything that started following Hot Rod, I tuned out. I I was a Transformers fan. I was I was so was so was I. But at the same time, they lost me after the movie. It was like when it became Hot Rod and Galvatron. I'm like, uh, the only thing I really remember after the movie was they eventually got to the point where they brought Optimus back. They used that white like coding to protect them from some kind of virus yeah and then it then they ended up with eventually doing the headmasters where what was it spike's kid ends up getting like put inside he gets rc yeah he gets his his legs get chomped and he gets really messed up and they put him inside rc's head yep so rc Uh, becomes a headmaster but uh no no that was the closest we got because they got uh, hot rod RC Spring and Ultra Magnus get captured. No. They took their like their personality and they made him into a synthoid. Remember them? Yeah. Oh God. And so you know, then you have that. That was all precursor to Beast Wars. It was precursor, but then they had him running around as human beings. Yeah. And you know you kept saying, oh, you know we're gonna meet our buyer, Old Snake. And you know you kept hearing it. You kept hearing. You kept hearing it. And then finally at the end you see a figure after the Transformers got their robot bodies back. The bad guys went to jail. You see them driving off, and then you see a figure Mm. in a trench coat with a hat. (laughs) And you hear the voice go, well, I guess they just don't make terrorists the way they used to. And Uh. they turn around, and it's Cobra Commander. And he's like, Cobra! And then he gets into a coughing fit. Oh, and that's God. how it ends, and that's the closest you get in the cartoons of a G.I. Joe Transformers crossover. Ugh, that just sounds terrible. I, it was a pretty good episode. It, it, but it, it sounds terrible. It sounds like it was a pretty good episode. Now, Forgotten Gems, 
you know, we'll go into animation a little okay. bit. What about the critic? John Lovitz. John Lovitz. Um, that I was, remember every was episode on, on what channel was on the show? Fox. I remember. Um, it was a Fox show because it was it was like Sunday nights. Yeah, you usually came on like right after the Simpsons. Um, that was usually just a blur to me when mm. I was flipping channels. Uh, I remember hearing about it. I remember John Lovett, you know, hearing the voice, and I never really got into stinks. it. See, I love the critic because it was like the New York background. He was a New York City movie critic. So it was like, it was one of those things like I always wanted to be like that, just not with the fake toupee that he would yeah. put on that at the beginning of every episode, the bird take, would steal it. It's like, but it opened up every episode where it's like something weird would come on the alarm clock. He'd be watching some weird movie parody and he would just be like, it stinks. Yeah, which is, oh, come on. It was, it's John Lovitz. Yeah, but the thing that killed me about that was some of like the parody stuff that you saw. They had Speed 2, Speed Reader. And, and if you read <laughs> under 50 words a minute, you blow up. <laughs> the, I, remember, I remember that one I remember. And the, and the building speed. blows up reader if you read under 50 words a minute you will your building will blow up the cat in the wait let me start over boom that and then they had the um rabbi pi with arnold schwarzenegger i mean that's not gosha that's not gosha some of the shit we were allowed to get away (laughs) i mean if you thought we got away with shit in the 80s holy fuck the 90s yeah they were just like let's see what we can do Let's push the boundaries a little bit like, and find here's out. Here's the line. We're going there. <laughs> We're going up, up and away. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. The 90s didn't, like, there were certain things that didn't get their due. Yeah. Because Friends was, like, such a popular show. Meanwhile, most people forgot there was a show that was exactly like that before Friends. Living Single. Yeah. Living yeah, Single, yeah. the premise was virtually the same. You had... A group of friends, and like they're all interacting. You got some of them are working together at the magazine, some of them aren't, you know, but they were all living in a New York apartment. It that it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh-huh. It's like it legitimately was, and it, I think it had some better storylines than friends. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's a perfect example of that. Do you remember the Van Damme movie Time Cop? Oh, God, unfortunately. Okay. They made. A TV show. <laughs> Time Cop. Same premise. Same, uh, you know, everything they did in the movies, it did there. Okay? That lasted five or six episodes. Thank you, God. You fast forward, I think it's like um, late 90s. They decided to redo it, change up the premise a little bit, call it Seven Days. Okay, they called it seven days where um, the whole thing was they had it was at Area 51. They had radioactive isotope from the uh, spaceship that crashed. Oh, I don't even remember that. Yep, it was a great show. <laughs> that it was a great it show. Was. It was. No, it was really good because it blended your action. It blended your science fiction and it blended your comedy. Because Anthony LaPaglia played the main character and he was hysterical because he was. <laughs> He he was in an insane asylum, and they they the government took him out to fly the sphere to go back in time. But the thing was, 
you can only go back in time seven days. Okay, so you can't go back to like, you know, like the 20s. And, and that's what kind of made it better than Time Cop because, yes, you can, oh, like something happened, like, like you know, some place would be attacked. Okay? They would go back seven days. So when he would send the back, guy back seven days, he would call this phone number, give the password, which is conundrum. They know he was to tell them the truth. And God, that just, oh. it wasn't that horrible. It was really good. You say that. And as you relay the premise, I'm literally getting a headache. No, watch an episode. It's on YouTube. Just watch an episode. I don't want yes, to. Yes, you do. You no. Watch an ep- no, you made me get stuck here. You're watching an episode. Fuck you. Fuck you. No, doing fuck. It. no you're doing it. No. We'll wait until YouTube is created, and then I will show you. <laughs> no. Yes. I, I, you know what? I will create YouTube. Well, if you create YouTube, then we will actually have the money to finance making movies because we will have revenue coming in. But won't we pollute the time stream? Google's already polluted the time stream. That's in our time, though. So why not make it work for us? I never said I was a superhero. We all know you ain't no superhero. I didn't say I was a supervillain. Anyway. I I am an anti-hero. I am the guy who... I'll do the right thing. Eventually. But there's... uh, That'll be something there's in it for catch. me. There's always a catch. Oh, yeah. There's, there's got to be something in it for me. All right. What's next on the list? All right. Well, it, your turn for Hidden Gem. No, I just said seven oh, days. Yeah, that was terrible, though. Oh, that's, good. It's not even you. good. You don't even know what it is. I tell me it's not good. If, if I don't know what it is, it's clearly not good. Oh, so you're you're the uh, uh, know-all, be-all, end-all of TV shows and movies. If you haven't heard about it, it must suck. Oh, absolutely. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Okay, come on. Next, All right, let's you, go. You, you, you want to go deep cuts? Let's go deep you want, cuts. You want to go let's, let's, since, let's go deep since cut, you yeah. decided you want to hit a movie that they turned into a TV show. Yes. Fine, Weird Science. I liked it. It was on the USA Network. Right? Yes, it was. Because yes, I remember the, I, I see the woman's face who played uh, Vanessa Kelly. Angel. Yes. Vanessa Angel was Kelly LeBrock's the, character. Lisa. Yes, I could remember her name. And the funniest part is the mate, the kid who is one of the t- the two geeks. Mm-hmm. He plays one of the guys in um in uh, Double Dragon. Does he? He's one. Uh, he's the guy that's um the mouthpiece for the bit. The guy that gets mutated. I he's one seen, of the gang members. I haven't seen Double Dragon in years, <laughs> and I don't plan on it. Oh, oh come on! Oh, okay. I'll watch Double Dragon if you watch an episode of Seven Days. Fine. You are such a lying sack of shit. <laughs> you are such a lying sack of shit. If you watch it, I will. You you are so full of shit. <laughs> You're gonna make me watch it, and then I want to say I watch it. You gonna watch it? No, fuck you. <laughs> you know me well. I do. Enough. 
But no, let, let, let's be clear though. The Weird Science TV show wasn't bad. It, no, it actually expanded. It wasn't terrible. No. It also didn't have some of the creepier aspects that going back and watching the movie yeah, has like, nowadays. Like Bill Paxing it and turn into a giant frog. <laughs> that freaked me out. Yeah, they did. They screwed with Chet, but it was just yeah. in a whole different level. <laughs> wasn't Chet uh, Kubiak from uh No. Being, okay. From Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Yeah, and yeah, wasn't he? Which um, I actually got to meet Corey Nemec, and I felt so bad that he didn't have a big line at his table at a convention where I was like, he's actually a nice guy, and he's done some interesting stuff. I would have assumed he would have had a bigger following. Well, he was also on um, Stargate. Stargate towards the end of yeah. Was he, it SG One or was it Atlantis? SG One. Yeah, he was on that for a while. He was on Stargate, but he had also done um, the Stand. Yes, he did. Which I will say the first version of the stand that what was it eight hours, I think, because it was four parts. Ninety seven, right? I think so. You know, yeah. that was the you see that that's a that's a deep cut in, in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. This the stand, Stephen King's it, the Langoliers, all the, the, those made for TV versions of Sleepwalker. The Tommy Knockers. Yes. Tommy knocker. Ooh. That was good. <laughs> no, no. No, it was not. No, I mean good as in that was a good one. Oh, uh, yeah, not, deep cut. Yeah. About the film itself. Okay, just got want to make sure cuz yeah, yeah, no. no. It, right. it had a it had an interesting cast, but it just it, was it, just, it didn't no. No. Some some of the ones it just didn't work. There was something about the it was like Stephen King in the 90s was like direct made for TV. Mm-hmm. They they saw like it was this is where we're going to put most yeah. of his stuff. Which I mean with the exception of his big stuff, like oh, sh- the Shining, yeah, oh, the Shining. If you don't be sued for royalties, <laughs> the boys the got shining? the Shining. Don't you mean the Shining? Shh, boy, don't you be sued for royalties? Yeah, but uh, the Shining, um, well, oh, the Shining get a, a it got a theatrical debut, but no, no, it actually got a re. They redid the made for TV, like made for TV, The Shining, and it was like m- multiple part. So, um, what's the guy's name from Wings that was in there? Oh, um, Tim Daly? I think so. Tim Daly or the brother? Uh, the one that was more the pilot. Tim Daly, he did the yeah. voice of Superman. Yeah. So he went, he was the, he, he played Jack Torrance mm-hmm. in this TV version where it expanded and they actually like, it's not Jack Nicholson freezing in a maze. No, it's literally, they blow up the... The yeah, which, which you can kind actually of, go because it's uh, it's the Stanley Mansion out in Colorado. Yeah, but they also went. And they have, and then they did later on. They've kind of continued the series with um Doctor Sleep mm-hmm. is supposed to be like a sequel. I thought it was a prequel. Sequel because Danny's older. That was the one with um Ewan McGregor, right? Yes. Yeah. All right, here's one that was movie eighties TV show nineties, and I know you know it. Highlander. See, now that was an interesting show. They expanded on the premise and they took it to a level where that was an alternate universe because you didn't need... No, no, no. Because remember, the movie is up... What is it? Connor or Duncan? Like for the movie. Connor. Connor McLeod, he, he wins the prize at the end of the movie. But when they started off the series... 
he's there for one episode. I thought he came back for a couple, I think. He can't towards the end when they did Highlander Endgame. We're not gonna talk about that. What but he yeah. did he was there. They so it was pretty much an alternate timeline. You can see the movies as one, and then this is like a completely separate entity. Right, because I remember they had um, Richard Maul play a version of the Kurgan. Yeah, a version of. Uh, he wasn't the Kurgan that you saw in the movie. Yeah. He was, like, the Kurgan is like the McLeod. Like they're, they're a clan. Yeah. So he was a Kurgan. And um, stepping in, kind of like being like the mentor, like the Connor, like the Duncan McLeod yep. character, they brought in, I can't remember his name, but they brought in Roger Daltrey. Yeah, he was the 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 Duncan. No, to his Connor. Well, Duncan was the McLeod. It was Duncan McLeod, Connor McLeod. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Roger Daltrey was kind of like the Sean Connery character. Right. He was the Sean Connery to Duncan McLeod. Yeah. It's like, trust me, I'm a Spaniard. I've known too many Spaniards. <laughs> trust me, I'm a Spaniard that sounds Scottish. Yeah. It always <laughs> sounds like I'm having something in my mouth. I'm Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that but the the Highland, Russian. Yeah, the Highlander series though, it was good. It expanded on the it movie universe. It was good universe. until they killed the wife. Actually, and then it kind of went downhill. And when they gave the the uh, when they gave Richie him an immortal, it really jumped the shot. Well, Rich, no, actually, it it got better because they changed the quickenings. So when they get the powers, it's not, you're just gaining the experience from them. If you kill too many of the guys who are evil, you become you, evil. You get a dark quickening mm-hmm. where then you gain all their dark, uh, their darkness. So you, be- it's like, it alters your personality. Right. Which would make sense because yeah. you're, you're getting all of their essence. Yeah. And it was, that was something they never touched on in the movies. So it really was like a major expansion. I, I think the only reason they didn't touch on it in the movies was who's going to do like an eight, nine hour Highlander movie. You can do more in a TV show. Yeah, you would. You could do more in a TV show than you can in a film. The film would lay the groundwork. The yeah. TV show expands upon but it. But because they followed a different, fr- they followed a different McCloud. It worked, and it, it also worked because they followed different McLeod. Because yeah, and at the time because no? they also gave it a different timeline, so it's not like because okay, Connor wins. Now it's like you're following Duncan. Duncan and, and Connor wins in New York. Duncan is in London. Or yeah, he's in so England he, well, he eventually moves out of New York, goes to Europe, and then they did do a spinoff series of Highlander: The, the Raven, Raven with the chick, which didn't last long she at all. Looks very familiar to me. Like I've seen her in other shows. She was good. It just the show. I think it had run its course at that point because they they introduced the woman who played the lead in the Raven in the Highlander TV show. Yeah, because she was like a secondary kind of love interest after yeah, Duncan's she, wife, and it's well, like, even even during the wife, she would pop up every now and then just to stir shit. Yeah, well, she was also like a criminal. Yeah, it was, she it was, was a thief. Yeah, it was. She was the Catwoman to, to, to Duncan's ba- Batman. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that one was that that. That one's a little off the radar, but I mean, I think people still remember it. Yeah, they were not as fondly as they probably should. No. That that's definitely worth watching it, streaming or picking up the oh, Blu-rays. Oh yeah, if there if it's available, it's definitely one to check out. I mean, let's face it, we've had a lot of 
other things that have come out. Um, the, the 90s really did kind of push the envelope on stuff, mm-hmm. which I'll say it. Let's face it. We take a look. The 90s gave us the at least those made-for-TV movies of RoboCop because it went into a series that it was more like TV movies. They had different versions of RoboCop. So there was like, I think, two two of them at one point. There was, there was a series for a while. There yeah, but in series. the series, I think there was like two RoboCops because they went into the movies where then they had one. He had more of like a darker armor, which... I, I, remember, I vaguely remember the show. Yeah. Well, I remember it. It's like because the made-for-TV movies were the things that made it. Yeah. So And, and that that's one of the things that helped make the 90s was they did a lot of made-for-TV movies. Like, you wanted to watch a made-for-TV movie well, just yeah. to see how they would do it. Yeah, well, that was also, when you think about it, it's like we were kind of stuck because there still wasn't streaming. It, the internet wasn't what it is. It was it was in its infancy. And we were doing some pretty, like, they were pushing the envelope, but, I mean, when you went to the movie theaters, sci-fi movies were pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, like, The Matrix got through as being like a top movie and pretty much finishing off the nineties, but it wasn't that good. It had a good idea, but at the same time it was technology wasn't there. Not even that it was given so much credit because the movies that came before it were so bad. Like when you compare that to lost in space had a great cast. Oh yeah. Lost, Lost in space. It's a fun movie, but it's, not a good movie. No, I didn't say it was a good movie. It was a fun movie. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's when it came to sci-fi, it was pretty bad. Right. And I mean... They were they were more they, experimental they, on television. They were. And they got away with a lot but more. I, I think if that movie was recepted a little bit better than what it was, I think that was the movie that could have made uh, Matt LeBanc, LeBlanc break out of his Joey mold. Because not for nothing... When you see him in that movie, you're kind of like, okay, he could be a bit of a tough guy. You know, he he, he could have had the uh, action chops. Yeah. He, he could have been it. You know, start him off as like a sidekick, you know, the partner of somebody, and then bring him, in, bring him into his own as a lead in the action film if that film was a little better received. Yep. Oh, my nose. <laughs> it's the 90s that did too much cocaine up. That was the 80s. Same difference. No. Anyway. So, now, come on. G- give me something. G- give me a deep cut. Oh, man. Okay. Okay, we, we, we talked about this before. Yeah. The action pack. Oh, the action. Okay, but, yes, the action pack gave us great shows like Xena and Hercules, but I'm going when they did The Bandit. Kind of ripping off of Smokey and the Bandit, mm. where the guy drives instead of a Trans Am, he drives a Dodge Stealth. <laughs> and I, for those of you who have never sat in a Stealth, those are made. Those are cars made for midgets. <laughs> okay, the seat. I sat in one one time, and I couldn't fit myself in the car. Was I Puma driving? Huh? Was Puma driving? No. <laughs> okay. This seat all the way back was the equivalent of having a normal seat sitting up on like on a firewall. Okay, of a car. Oh god. I, I had to like suck in my gut 
smush myself down on the seat, swing my legs in. <laughs> basically recline. I was basically sitting in recline it, sitting on the top of the chair. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, if I have a bought a car like this and get into an accident, I'm a dead man. Even I get into a little fender bender, the car would have crumpled around me. And the guy who played the bandit, um, Brian something. I'm going to look up his name in a second. He's a decent sized dude. And they made him wear a cowboy hat. I'm like, there's absolutely the modifications that needed to be done to that car <laughs> to fit that actor. Brian Bloom, that's the guy's name. Nah. Fit that actor in a car with a cowboy hat. Okay. It's like, nah. no. But you did have some. I mean, the premise was good. It was like watching a Smoking and Bandit, an updated Smoking and Bandit movie. It did give, it, it paid its respects to the original. It's a fun, rainy afternoon. Nothing's on. Fuck it. Let me watch Bandit. Yeah. See, now, I'm going to go 90s. Got to give Bruce some love because it was the 90s. So, our hero, Bruce Campbell, The Adventures of Briscoe okay. County Jr. See, I remember that. So, I wouldn't call it a lost gem. It, it, it is a gem. It's, oh, I'm not saying it's not a gem. I wouldn't but, call it a lost gem. But how many people have really seen it? You got to be hardcore fans. The it. hardcore Bruce Campbell fans know the adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Mm-hmm. And in all honesty, it had an amazing cast. Mm-hmm. But Bruce, this was a vehicle for Bruce Campbell. Come on, he was right here. Just the first sentence set in 1893. Bruce Campbell stars as a titular hero, a Harvard-educated lawyer. Turn bounty hunter, which is what you do. You go to Harvard and you become a bounty hunter. (laughs) Chases after the gang that killed his father. The Western, created by screenwriter of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, right there. And Colton Cruz, he did uh, Lost, The Bates Motel, and you know him from Burn Notice. Mm. Has plenty of adventure, abstract humor, touches of science fiction, but unfortunately only lasted one season. Underline unfortunately. Yes. Because it is unfortunate, because it was an amazing show. Yes, it was. I mean, they, the, the comedy elements to it, the serious dra- dramatic moments, mm-hmm. they hit like everything you could possibly think of that would, you would think this, this thing just gave you every range of emotion, all in the guise of a Western. Yeah. And I mean,. I mean, hell, it had Billy Drago in it. <laughs> what more do you need than Billy Drago and Bill, Bruce Campbell? And John Aston. Oh, fuck. <laughs> How this show didn't receive, like, Emmys. I know. It's just, it. there was something wrong with them back then that they didn't get more acclaim. Yeah, and, I mean, I mean, now we see Bruce, and we're like, it's Bruce. How the man, he... he from all his cameos in the Spider-Man and the Marvel movies, it's like he's Bruce Campbell. Yeah, Ash, you know this, uh, and I don't know. Maybe he was trying to at the time get away from the Ash character. He didn't want to be pigeonholed into just being Ash. Well, I think this is the this was one of those moments where it's like he's not working with Sam and right. Rob, where he's not getting the shit knocked out of him. <laughs> you know where he can where he can stretch. You know he can. Act. Act instead of getting <laughs> slapped Act. around like he was one of the three stooges. And that's that's one of the reasons I enjoyed Burn Notice as much as I did. Fuck Michael Weston. I was watching for Sam X. 
he had the great one-liners, you know. Didn't, uh, they, didn't they give his character his own movie? Yeah, it, um, it was called Burn Notice, The Rise and Fall of Sam Axe. Yeah. And in it, in uh, Burn Notice, Bruce Campbell, whenever he would go undercover, he would always go as, oh, he was a baseball player. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. <laughs> It'll come to you. <sighs> It'll come to me after we get like sucked back to the 1800. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. But he would always use this. Chuck Finley. Thank you. Chuck Finley. He would always use the pseudonym Chuck Finley. Yeah, your, some, your some Tourette's way, is kicked in. It is. Uh-uh. In some way, shape, or form. It would be C. Finley, uh, you know, Charles, whatever. And in Bert, in the movies, Rise and Fall of Sam Max, you re- figure out why he loves Chuck Finley so much. <laughs> it, it was a great movie. And, and at one point, Bruce in... Uh, the Sam Axe movie, picks up a chainsaw, throws it at somebody, nails a person in the chest, and he goes, groovy. <laughs> and I was like, thank you, Mr. Campbell. You, uh, Yes, yep. we got a groovy with a chainsaw. We got a groovy chainsaw. Yep. So let, let's get to your last one, because oh it, it looks like we're, we're starting to power back up. Good. Don't fuck this up. So, um, can I go? Uh, uh, yeah, I, you're number one, too. Can I go obscure TV movies? Can. I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> I just don't know if I could. Uh, I would have to say Sliders. That... I, sliders Sliders is a weird show because it's, it had its run on oh, it's, two different stations. And yet it started off so good. It did. It, it, it started off fine as like an episodic, show where it was hit and miss for a while um well you had you had one character well you figure an entire premise of a show where they go to alternate earths so they were doing the multiverse before marvel ever had a cinematic universe so they hit the multiverse and they were trying to get back home right because the the (laughs) they didn't use a telephone booth they use a car they had the guy had a super huge universal remote, remote control, literally or universal remote control, <laughs> and he kind of forgot to program his home. So you go from one planet to another, you're never gonna find your way well, back. No, the if you remember correctly, the problem was that he had gone and he didn't. They weren't supposed to leave too early because they set the timer, so the timer would tell them how long they had at where right. they were at. They went, they were in an extinction level event on one of these worlds and they hit the top. They, they jumped went back too early. They jumped too soon. The timer didn't go off. So they ended up someplace else. So they wouldn't actually return home. I actually remember one episode. They did return home. They did return home, but they were all there and they were in front of uh, Jerry O'Connell's house. Quinn Mallory. Quinn Mallory. And he was like, like, are we back? You know, because. I forgot exactly what the episode was, but they were like, this one person, oh yeah, we could fix it. And they sent him back. And he was like, okay, they're in front of Quinn's house. Yep. And he's like, I know this gate. If the gate squeaks, this is my home. We're on yep. the right earth. And they go, okay. So they all walk up and he opens it and it doesn't squeak. And he goes, damn it, we're not home. And they open up the portal and they jump through. And as soon as the portal closes, you see somebody walking out of Quinn's house, go, turning on and go to the mother. Goes, oh, by the way, I fixed the squeak on. I oiled the gate so it doesn't squeak anymore. Yep. They made it home. They made it home. They just didn't know they made it home. Yeah. 
the funniest part was that that cast all slowly started leaving. Yeah, when I mean, I thought it was kind of episodic and where they didn't really have connection with each other until they brought in the Chromags. See, they waited until it was somewhere on the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, the dude of Chromag. Yeah, but it was like you knew when John Reese Davies left. You knew that was the point where it was like, all right, what the hell are they doing? Yeah, and then when Jerry O'Connell left, and they, they brought in his brother, and well, he no, they had cue ball. Oh no, they had the two of them together. They had Jerry and Char- Charlie O'Connell together. Yeah, but only for like one or two episodes. No, they were there for it was like a season, was and it? then they kind of like they merged them. Yeah, because to Jerry make, wanted to leave. Yeah, Jerry wanted to leave. Charlie didn't want to stick around, mm-hmm. so they merged the two of them, and he became Mallory. I thought they called him Cue Ball. Mallory. Mallory. Okay. Mallory, where it was just, it was. It was an amalgamation of the two of them. Yeah. So they just was like, it was Mallory and they just kept going. The only one. Rembrandt. Rembrandt. The soul man, the singer is the only one. Cleavon Derricks is the only one to stick around. And I'm kind of like, they should have ended that a little bit better than they did because something was going on with the tube. Like when they go back and forth and he injected himself with some kind of virus or something. It was something to stop the Cro-Mag yeah. war thing. It was because like they were going through like the tunnels, the time tunnels, or whatever that, that Quinn and everybody did. So, but with, but I think they had screwed with um Rembrandt's mind. So he was like, well, at ca- one point kind of yeah. siding with the Cro-Mag. Yeah. But I remember the last episode, he like they're like okay whoever puts this in him and goes through the tunnel will die and they're all trying to do it and you just turn around and you see him injecting himself and he goes just call me typhoid remy and then he jumps through and that's how it ends and i remember watching my brother my brother goes what <laughs> he's like that sucks <laughs> he jumped the shark big time yeah. just to go and show up on the sci-fi channel. Well, no, that's how it ended yeah, on yeah, the sci-fi yeah, channel. Yeah, because that was the thing. It's on the sci-fi channel. You, we knew the sci-fi channel wasn't going to be something spectacular. No, but you'd expect a little bit something better than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? This would be a show that they could technically bring back. Yeah. And, I mean, if you brought it back, if you think about it, Sliders was one of those shows where, because it's a multiverse... Now, would you bring it back original cast or reboot? I think you could... Do either or, and it wouldn't make a difference. I'm asking you. No, I would. I would say a mixed cast. Okay. Some of the originals, if they're willing to come back, and then have new characters because it's a multiverse. So you can start this off with a whole different crew. You can have the same characters, different actors. It it lends itself really well. Mm-hmm. Problem just tends to be that it's like, who wants to see sliders again? Especially if there's nobody backing it, that it'll stay on one network or one streaming platform and would actually get a fucking ending. You see, I think shows like this, like Sliders, you give it enough time, you could reboot it, follow the same premise, and have it done right. Yeah, well, I mean, they tried to bring back in the 2000s V. Yeah. And it was, I liked it. It was good. The, The problem was they didn't give it enough time. No, they didn't. They, they they pushed it. They they pushed it wrong. There were too many breaks in between because I think it was during an Olympic year. Mm-hmm. So it's when they do stuff like that. Yeah, you, you couldn't get a file because it started, then the Olympics, and then you're like, oh, I'm doing so much other shit. And yeah. Oh, it's, it's back. What well, I don't have time for it. I missed yeah, it. Yeah, so they, they kind of lost that, and they lost it right after they brought Mark Singer back. Yeah. So it was like, 
damn it. Beast man. Beast, beast, the beast master. Beast master. Yeah. Um, hopefully we don't have to come back to this shitty time period again. Yeah, well, don't fuck it up this time. Hey, I can't make any promises. This, this, this device is pretty fucking temperamental. You know, just like you. At least I would have got the fucking instructions. No, you wouldn't have. Hit the button, Prince. Oh, God. Oh, all right. Let's see if we get Wait, that. wait, 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 wait. Before you get us lost somewhere in the annals of time, let people know how they will be able to get in touch with us eventually. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you will be able to reach out to us. Let us know about your 90s memories and anything else that crosses your mind by emailing us at dragoonslayerpodcast at gmail.com. That's dragoonslayerpodcast. Dragoon is spelled with two O's. It's all one word, dragoonslayerpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find me eventually on my social medias at bluedragoon13. You can find me Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, when that comes out. And you can follow on my YouTube channel. We have a Discord that you can find the link to if you go through the, the Twitch stream. And... The fun part is the Twitch channel will let you know when all the new stuff drops. So join, be part of the community, be a Dragoonie, be one of the best people on the planet, be a Dragoonie, and let everyone know how much you love everyone's favorite new podcast. And you can reach out to King Hamster Pellet himself. You'll find me eventually when this platform is up and running on something called Facebook. Okay. Find me on Facebook, Hamster Pellet Productions. You can, excuse me, also follow me on Instagram when that launches at, oddly enough, Hamster Pellet Productions. So there are two ways you can find me. I'm going to be posting shit. I'm going to take some of the um, links from YouTube and post them on the uh, Facebook page so you can see us in all our Dragoonie glory when Facebook becomes available if this putz doesn't get us lost in time. Oh, Jesus. Our next stop, 10 bucks, is going to be on a Titanic. N- no way. I, I'm I'm not that bad. And th- we're not doing the Titanic. No, 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 no. We'll end up on the Titanic. Yeah, I didn't see the Titanic movie. I don't think have any intention of going back that far. It sinks. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> they made billions of yeah. dollars and anybody knows how the movie's gonna end. That's yeah, amazing. well, fictitious love story, what do you expect? Romeo and, and Juliet on a boat. Yeah. All right. So let's see go. if we get this. Okay. Seems to be working. Keep your fingers crossed. Here we go. Hit right. the button. Okay. <laughs> Dick, check your phone. Make sure you got service. <laughs> uh, well, no, I don't know your Wi-Fi password. So. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah. I'm not giving you that. <laughs> you don't get access to the Lair's uh, Wi-Fi. Prick. <laughs> That's what you get for insulting my driving a time machine. And that's why we should use a DeLorean. You can drive a car, you can drive a DeLorean. There you go. Barely. Anyway, um, <laughs> say goodnight, Tim. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Now get out. Bye, peoples. Later. Later.